he set up the stream, ready to go on Monday. New semester of P lessons. Uh, he's just waiting to go on camera, and you can sort of see this empty studio, and you hear one of the biggest farts I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> Even by Joe Wicks's his own words, it's an absolute ripper. <laughs> he didn't realise until like the Daily Mail posted about it, and when and then he realised the horror that he'd farted in front of eight hundred thousand schoolchildren. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Brand Wars with me, Lloyd, and my co-host, Chris. We've actually got a new feature again after our uh, show-stopping Brands to Watch 2021. We're following up with some news. So we thought we'd do a little weekly show or bi-weekly possibly where we just discuss some of the headlines in the world of digital and social media. And hopefully we'll knock this out in less than an hour so uh, you can get back to your lives so the first headline i want to discuss is joe wicks farted in front of eight hundred thousand people <laughs> i don't know if you see this but joe wicks the body coach he started doing his pe lessons again live to schools which is obviously a, a very lovely thing to do i don't know does he do you reckon he switches ads off do you reckon he makes loads of money off the ads I think he did first time, like it was sponsored. And then I think the first time, like it was a sponsored ad and then he had to go, oh, actually, it's probably not not great. So now he just does it. He streams it live on his okay. YouTube channel. Out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah. Well, so basically he set up the stream, ready to go on Monday. Big, big, you know, new new semester of PE lessons. He's just waiting to go on camera and you can sort of see this empty studio. And you hear one of the biggest farts I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, an abs- I, I mean, I watched it just before this because I think you, you told us Tom this afternoon and I did my best not to watch the clip. But even by Joe Wicks's his own words, Don't it's, an, standards. it's an absolute ripper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't think he, he didn't realise until like the Daily Mail posted about it. And when and then he realised the horror that he'd farted in front of eight hundred thousand schoolchildren. I mean, to be fair, at least he wasn't in the classroom. Imagine being in the classroom; he would have been absolutely ripped to shreds by the children. But you know, I, I watched like the little clip actually with I think it was Mark Wright on the on the radio for art, and he took it all in his stride. To be fair, he did laugh it off, took it, yeah, it's took all it in good do. spirits. I mean, with a fart like that, you would you would be proud of yourself. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mark, I said, Mark Wright said that like, he's he'd have been like more disappointed if he didn't capture it on like he didn't record it. It was like okay. I mean, you know, it's I've watched I think the the starting just like roly polies and stuff, and definitely the most entertaining bit was the far at the beginning, and just seeing how he just he just did not acknowledge it whatsoever, which is the best bit. <laughs> right. On to less important news now. Absolutely. And I think that probably brings us to the biggest talking point at the moment of what's going on in the world. And I think definitely from a social perspective is influencers jetting off all over the world, whether it's Dubai, the Maldives, the Caribbean or whatever. Most of them all seem to be ending up in somewhere in Dubai. 
I wanted to hear your thoughts on it, Lloyd. You know, what what they've a lot of them have come, have had to come out and defend themselves. Obviously, you know, here in the UK, we're all in tier four lockdown, basically what we were like a year ago, and here we are, kind of just seeing them lounging around by the pool and having a great time. You know, what what do you think about it? Yeah, it's got it's got quite a lot of backlash, rightfully, but I think again, it's not just social media influencers that have done this like i don't know if you saw is it casey stoner the man united women's manager mm-hmm. she came she kind of let some of her players go to dubai over the kind of winter break and she's kind of had to come out and publicly apologize for doing it like loads of footballers have done it like i think mo salah and el nene went to some birthday party in dubai over christmas and got in trouble like celtic went on a uh you know how they go on those sort of like uh training camps they yeah. flew out to Dubai to go for a week's training camp, came back and 13 of their players have, have got COVID. Yeah. And, you know, although like the press then came out and gave them a bit of a grilling, their management and the higher ups itself were like, no, no, it's a great idea. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. When they all came back ill, their chairman had to go, yeah, probably not the best idea along with the sports minister for Scotland. So it doesn't really set a great example for others, does it? Uh, I don't, and I don't know why everyone, why is everyone going to Dubai just because it's hot and accessible right now? I, I think both of those things, and it's like a tourist paradise, isn't it? Mm. It's got kind of everything that you can possibly want from beaches to nice restaurants to bars that are open you know you're not exactly going to spain at the moment are you like i mean it's snowing in madrid at the moment <laughs> so not exactly the paradise that you're looking for when it's dark and dreary here in the uk i just think i think the thing that's kind of the most frustrating thing is not the just stupid it's not the kind of fact that they're doing it it's kind of i'm above everything else thing going on and kind of if they are so influential and they have such you know dedicated followers they need to have some more compassion to think well 99 percent of the rest of the uk is stuck inside in this cold rainy winter weather that we're having it's probably not the best idea to post a picture of me with my pina colada sat by a pool in dubai no i mean i have seen some influences like before they go away on holiday or as they get there you know maybe it's not always a holiday maybe it's a working trip i don't know but they have gone and ask their followers like on Instagram and stuff like that. It's gone, do you feel comfortable with me sharing pictures? I understand like the situation at home, it's not it's not great, but you know, preaching obviously to their followers, I understand that it's not the best time. And majority of them have kind of said yes. Like some of them I've seen, so as an example, Montana from who came up through through Love Island stuff, she's done that recently and she's had she went to i think it was barbados for christmas with their family and has had to extend the trip obviously with everything that's going on then as as it went from christmas lockdown to the extra you know stricter ones we currently have now she then had to go back and say to her followers that appreciate all the grief you, you're giving me for this but i did ask you a few weeks ago like is this something you'd be able to you know be wanted i think the funniest one i saw um recently mm. is uh have you seen this thing now? Footballers have been told that they're not allowed to hug during celebrations. Yes, yeah, yeah. I saw that on BBC, on BBC Sport today, and it's, it's it's madness for these athletes. I get I get where people are coming from, but these athletes are tested twice a week. You know, I'd be more worried about them going in the changing rooms and and getting changed afterwards, or you know, yeah, anything exactly. like that. Like my amateur football, like we haven't been able to use the changing rooms all season. I'm. 
you know, we had to get changed pitch size in the freezing cold uh, before Christmas when we were still playing. So, I think, um, they, and did you see Pep Guardiola, who normally doesn't say the smartest things, came out and said, oh, you know, it's that's going to be so difficult for the players because, like, you know, in the heat of the moment of scoring, like, instinct takes over. And you just think, well, sorry, I haven't seen my family for six months. I think you can get by without hugging each other when you score a goal. I mean, if cricketers can do it and they're just giving each other fist bumps, like, it's fine. I, you know, I, there's more jostling like at corners and stuff like that, right, than going to celebrate. I don't understand why that is the one thing that's been brought up. I think, unfortunately, like with professional sport, and you mentioned you know, a few players like Salah and El Nene who are, mm. you know, breaching the rules there. Um, one of the other things that sort of come up on BBC this week is the sports ministers having to say and give sports organisations a real warning. And I, I think that's kind of just at this point. Like, mm. you know, we, we all want sport. We understand how the first three or four months last year from, you know, March to June was really tough and no sport on, couldn't keep anybody entertained. And we're mm. very lucky football's on. But at the same time, guys, if you're breaking rules left, right and centre, yeah. you're not just hurting yourself, but everyone around you as well. We're going way off topic already. I know. I guess a lot of people argue like, oh, you know, I, I can't, my, you know, I'm on furlough, sport shouldn't take place. But it is their better job. That it, and it also like supports hundreds of thousands of other jobs. I don't really have a problem with sport happening. I guess I'm biased, but... I guess we should uh, move on to the next news article. Well, I was going to say, actually, just off that last bit very quick, with influences and things like that, when they're going travelling, I think it's so difficult for for them to kind of portray to their audience that this is actually my work, this is how I make a living, because a lot of them, and this is like a whole creator landscape, when they come through from reality TV and you think you're only famous because of us, as in the viewers, mm. because we've watched your show, we've given you this platform. You know, it's not like maybe someone who's a talented, this is a massive dig and I'm probably completely unjustified saying this, but like a talented photographer, videographer, or, you know, who does have, who does travel and do all this stuff. You could easily make whatever content you have, you could do at home. It just feels like, oh, I'm jetting off to the Maldives just because, and, mm. and then complain you can't see your family. You can just be like, well, why didn't you stay home? Like, yeah. stay home. That, for me, that kind of sets a better example. Yeah, and you're right. I guess, you know, like BBC documentary makers are off jetting around creating documentaries. What's what's the difference? And I guess it depends on the platform as well. Like more and more like people are ha- like have got, you know, smaller attention spans. So, you know, platforms like TikTok and Instagram stories and stuff, you know, it's just quick content that is very difficult to tell a story on compared mm-hmm. to YouTube, where at least like if you are a vlogger, you know, and you can... Uh, to, you know actually have a bit more of a conversation with your audience to say look i'm actually out in dubai working we're working on this thing and you know then you can kind of maybe be a bit more empathetic but if they're just snapping pictures of them in nice hotels and in you know nice cars and i guess it's very easy to for that you know, to be misconstrued exactly like there's this youtuber that i've been following a guy called drew binsky who is looking to travel to every country in the world at the moment and has recently gone to afghanistan and ghana and throughout all his videos it's like he shows you i'm getting texted every single step of the way this is how like i'm staying safe this is how other countries are dealing with with everything as well and showing how these countries are still functioning and how they still need tourism even with what's going on today you know it's it's still quite nicely that there are other, other parts of the world and and how they're going on with it so news topic number two 
And I think this follows on really nicely from one of our brands to watch even, or one that really boomed in 2020. And it is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. It's coming out this year. And there's a weird, a bit of a weird uh, person who uh, seems to be collaborating with them, right? Yes. So Pokemon have done this massive announcement that it's their 25th anniversary. But the, this, the headline seems to be that they're collaborating with Katy Perry. <laughs> like, that's the headline act. And you're kind of like, what? And then you dig deeper into the articles. And it's like, they're doing collaborations with Levi's, with McDonald's, with Mattel. They're launching these special edition oversized cards. They've got stuff going on in Pokemon Go. They're launching kind of a load of different artists and rising artists in particular. And you know, Katy Perry is one of artists that they're collaborating with to do exclusive songs, whatever that means. It sounds like it could be terrible, but yeah, and they're just kind of teasing the fact that this is the year of celebration for pokemon well i mean if they bring back the pokemon theme song i would be all for that like that song lives rent free in my head still like i'm pretty sure we could like sing the start of it <laughs> i'm not going to but that it's just so catchy with Katy perry as well i don't know if you actually saw this video kind of like resurfaced but in 2012 she did a vi- video of her singing last friday night in the simlish language for the sims 3 and it appeared in the game. It's so funny. I mean, it's absolute gibberish, but it's it's great as well. She takes it so seriously. We'll get uh yeah, we'll get Kane to like find a little snippet of it and put it in there. Yarmy Denzel table tubes, Imitika Mimi shoes, hippie keeps it off for goop. We have a sticky in a park, skiba diba in a yard, in a hot shower tark. I don't remember that at all, like I, I mean, obviously, like, remember The Sims and Sims 3, that's fine. I know the song. I've only just sort of seen the video, like, in the week. I don't know how, like, it's resurfaced and all this sort of stuff. But it is so funny and definitely worth listening to, even if it's just an absolute load of gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I've, I've, I was never really, like, a huge Pokemon fan. Like, I got stuck into the cards in primary school, and then they probably got banned. And I played a few of the games. Like, I had a, a couple of the Game Boy games. I don't know. It sort of missed, it sort of passed me by Pokemon a little bit. I mean, I, like, I think very similar to you. Like, had loads of the cards, three got banned, and as, as things do. And I love playing it on Game Boy and things like that. And I remember playing it, I think my friends like N64 growing up and you had like the Pokemon like head-to-head battles. Pokemon Stadium. Yes, yes. I think they kind of missed a trick of that. Like I'd love to see that on consoles now. I think that'd be fantastic. But I know what you mean. I kind of missed that sort of real hype around it personally. Like Mm -hmm. it went through that phase and then on and as you do growing up like on to the next one after yeah, that so it's probably like yeah. it's probably like harry potter or something like that not long afterwards oh man that makes me feel old harry potter was way after uh no wait harry potter was in my secondary school but i remember that i'm having to read the book and i read like half of it and gave up but i did go to harry potter world in in uh, los angeles a couple of years ago and that was that was pretty cool nice i'm very very jealous i'm actually listening to the books on audiobook at the moment yeah yeah, nice um i remember having to do that growing up is my mum and i we couldn't pronounce some of the words so we didn't know how to say it like (laughs) my mum had never heard of hermione growing up so having stephen fry pronounce it on the audiobook we're like 
Oh, well, that's how you say it. But, you know, Hermione's not exactly the most American of names. So, to be fair, I'm not yeah. sure how my mum how my mum would have heard that one. <laughs> right, bong. The next news article you're going to talk about Fortnite. Yes. So, this week, the record for the most concurrent views was broken by Spanish streamer and EU Heterix uh, team owner David Martinez. And he absolutely smashed it. So he managed to get more than 2 million live viewers during his his stream, which revealed um, his icon series, Fortnite Skin. So there are actually only, well, now including him, there's eight of them, with one of them including, obviously, Ninja. And actually, speaking of Ninja, he broke Ninja's record for the individual concurrent views as well. Is that a Twitch record or a Fortnite Twitch record? Uh, Twitch, full stop. Okay. So... Ninja back in March 2018 got over 635,000 viewing his stream. So just think, just put that in perspective, three times the amount of what Ninja set two, three years ago. The absolute madness. I can't remember now. We talked about this before, but is Ninja back on Twitch now after he went to not Facebook game in the other one? Yeah, so he wasn't. He signed an exclusive deal at Mixer. That's right. And then uh, when they decided that was... That was to be no more. He's now moved back into into Twitch. So he he's streaming there at the moment. But yeah, that kind of just shows like the power of, of Twitch, right? The number of, of users you can get watching ch- something tuning in uh, at the same time. Like those are mega, mega numbers. Yeah, that is madness to all be doing at the same time. Mm. Like having that power to kind of get people to grab people's attention that many people's attention at the same time is is insane really and not just like twitch but Fortnite as well and i know we've spoken about this before and if you've ever read on the socially powerful newsletter you'll know like we've spoken about virtual concerts and things like that as well so that's something that Fortnite has has managed to capture people's attention with i mean they've had like diplo asap rocky post malone i think on there as well yeah. And they've got mi- millions upon millions of viewers who have tuned in to to watch them too. Yeah, I guess more and more like Fortnite is you know a place to go to hang out, not necessarily a game. You know, I do it with my mates. We all sit on Warzone, and it's the only time to sort of you know we're not going to pick up the phone to each other and have a chat. But Warzone, even especially right now when we can't hang out in the pub, is the only time where we can sort of hang out and have a, and catch up and sort of keep in touch with each other, even if. For 99% of that time, we're just shouting at each other. I mean, I was going to say, that's kind of like going to the pub anyway with your mates, or whether it's watching the football, you're just shouting over the top of each other. <laughs> yeah, true. And it's, it's always going to be a load of nonsense, right? You're halfway through a conversation, you're like, shoot! Oh, all right, so mate, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> all right, cool. Next news article is David Bowie has landed on TikTok. Oh, the star man, back from the dead. Exactly. This is actually more interesting than I... Than it sounds. So it was his 74th birthday last week, or would have been his 74th birthday. And Twitter made this big announcement that, that David Bowie was coming onto TikTok. And at first you think, okay, they just set up an account and they're probably just posting some of his music on TikTok. Fair enough. Like what's interesting about that. But what I hadn't realized is TikTok signed a, a deal with David Bowie's record label, Sony Music, last year. Yes, he's Sony and Warner, I think. They signed a deal with them last year. Ever since they've been kind of doing these launches or these announcements of launching, especially deceased stars they're launching their music onto tiktok for tiktok users to be able to use in their videos so they're offering they've been launching them and giving away the license in order to use uh, so anyone can then use david bowie's music within their videos and kind of remix it and that kind of stuff which 
I think is a lot more interesting. Yes, they are. Obviously, David Bowie's now got a page, a profile on TikTok that you can follow, and they're posting loads, of, like you know, loads of cool stuff about David Bowie. And they're also running campaigns. Like there's going to be David Bowie related hashtag challenges and stuff like that, which which is which is cool. But I think the actual fact that they're now kind of launching music onto TikTok and making a sing and dance about the fact you can now use his music in your videos is way more interesting. I think that's that's kind of got a bit of the uh, Fleetwood Mac about it as well mm. in that, you know, we saw Nate Dogg do his, uh, you know, cranberry juice, skateboarding ride, things yeah. of dreams, and the success it had for Fleetwood Mac, you then saw, um, I can't remember his name, but the drummer, I think, from Fleetwood Mac, like, get on Nick, it as well. Nick Fleetwood. Yeah, he got on TikTok and, you know, it blew, blew up Fleetwood yeah. Mac, like this whole, whole different audience. And I, I guess think the same and, could, Dreams, uh, and Dreams got back into the top 10, I think. Yeah, the same could definitely be said for David Bowie in, in, in this instance, right? And his record label have gone right. We've seen the way that TikTok has power over it. We, we, you know, he's, he's quite a, an eclectic personality, or, or was anyway. He, he was really outlandish and a great performer. So I imagine he would have taken to to TikTok really yeah. really well. He was also like a, he was always jumping onto the latest trends as well. So I can imagine him having a TikTok, you know, yeah. a profile if he was alive, sort of thing. But um, uh, I think you know, will we see TikTok's song counts, you know, counted in the charts later this year? You know, will will we start counting TikTok streams as part of you know the music charts like Spotify is now? I was going to say yeah. I mean, I think they've got like TikTok like playlist that you can just type in and it'll be like the biggest song from TikTok right now that you can yeah. go and find on on Spotify. So you can finally put like a song to, or a name of an artist to the songs that you keep hearing when you open up the app. I think it's, it is brilliant and really interesting. Like lots of artists are now releasing their songs or um, debut, you know, debuting their songs on, on TikTok first and foremost above YouTube or anything else. So instantly people can listen to them, but then also put those video put those music tracks on top of their own videos and remix them and kind of play with them which is like way more interesting i guess than just putting a song on out on the radio you know it's it's mm. uh, i remember being like when i was younger and youtube was for me it was initially like a, a platform to find the latest music videos and the latest artists because that's where people recording covers or the latest music videos and stuff now it's TikTok where the audience is and you instantly just want to have as many people as you can listening to songs, dancing to it. Oh, yeah. like, you know, the amount of, you see so many people like making songs to purely for like dance challenges on there mm -hmm. as well. So I'm quite excited to kind of see which one of David Bowie's tracks would be the first to have like a dance challenge or like a, a trend on, on TikTok. Yeah, probably like, yeah, Starman or Ziggy. I, I really like Under Pressure, though, with oh, with yeah, Queen. That I think that, that's going to come back on there. But I think, well, last last bit of news as well. And this one, I don't think will be any shock, uh, shock to anyone, is that Primark has come out and it refuses to go online. It refuses to open up any sort of e-commerce platform. And this is despite a billion-dollar loss during during lockdown as well. So at the moment... 305 of Primark's 389 global stores are closed, including all of the 190 stores in the UK, obviously, as it's not really an essential <laughs> essential shop. But it's, it's absolute madness that they haven't come out and, and sort of 
said, yeah, we need to change this. But I was reading further into this article on BBC News. It was quite funny. So there's like a clip of this tweet. Amy on Twitter goes, Primark, I saw there was an online shopping coming. What lies have I been fed? And Primark goes, hi, Amy, we can confirm that this is not our plans to open an online store. If there's ever just like a clap back going, no, not doing it. Mm. Cheer. Thanks. Yeah, it's kind of annoying because I went into Primark over Christmas, like when I was doing my other Christmas shopping, popped into Primark, just had a little look. I found like a little gilet, a nice little gilet that I wanted. And I thought, well, I'm not going to wear a gilet very often. Like, so there's no point in me splashing a hundred quid on a like Patagonia gilet. A Primark one will do a tenner. I tried it on. I thought, yeah, that, that works, but I'm not sure. Maybe I'll come back and get it in a bit. Forgot to go back and get it. A couple of days later, like all the stores closed, and I haven't been able to buy it. <laughs> you had your heart set on that Primark gilet. I know, I know, I know. What was supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, if they I, heard I that sob story, mate, if they don't, that might convince them to open up their e-commerce store. You know what it was? Amy didn't give them a, a gilet, a, a gilet sob story. That's what it was. It's absolute madness, and this is a, a stat here that until Primark has said this, all stores are closed until the twenty seventh of February this year it's expected to miss out on 1.05 billion of sales and this is up from a previous estimate of 650 million you know it's, it's completely completely slowed down it's madness isn't it i don't know what the situation is in regards to maybe their their stores like whether they own the the retail space and things like that or maybe they're just keeping it because it's their differentiation sort of point they're like nope we're here this is where you can get all of your your clothes and things like that if ever there was a year to learn and go right maybe we do need to spend a bit of money to set up an e-commerce platform 2020 was probably it right i mean there's no point in having a usp if you're out of business like uh, i guess like their argument is that it's going to cost them too much money to well one it will cost them too much money to set up and two they they claim that they won't be able to offer the same like, a discount you know the same very cheap prices if they move to an online business which the other thing i was thinking about is distribution i guess like with other you know, your boohoos and your asos's that were kind of built as online businesses i'm guessing there's like massive distribution centers that are probably in milton Keynes and like they don't have much real they don't have any real estate whereas like primark i'm guessing all the stock is like so the amount of actual stock they have mm. must be like enormous and it's all based in like it's all just left over and it's all probably kind of last season stuff they must have like a massive amount of money just sat in stock as well um, and surely that's just losing losing their money more and more by the day if that's just sitting there in 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 a warehouse that you know they can't do anything about you think they might they must find a way like imagine if like they just found a way to not even set up their own e-commerce but start selling through amazon or start sending through someone else like shopify or something like yeah surely that would i don't know they, they they've obviously got their reasons just from looking at the sales figures there right so in the last four months of 2020 asos and boohoo sales rose by a further 40 percent so imagine, you know, Primark are just sitting there with their hands on their bums, you know, they can't do anything and just watching competitors just reap reap the rewards of of the online online shopping. And it's not like and it's not like it's gonna just like flip when shops are open again. Like Boohoo is still gonna kill it. Exactly. Twenty twenty has kind of accelerated how consumers are spending. Like people obviously online shopping is huge anyway. There's 
e-commerce stores popping up everywhere, many brands, but it's the guys like Primark who maybe haven't changed or are too big to change. They are the ones that are losing out and, you know, it's accelerated that sort of online shopping behavior of how consumers are going to be going forward. Like what could have been five years down the line is now like two or right now. You know what I mean? I wonder as well, like like fashion trends, how the fact that people are just at home all the time now, how that's changed fashion trends and fashion buying. I guess Boohoo must just be selling loads of like, you know, I've gone and bought myself some Boohoo men joggers for a tenner. Like I'm I'm wearing my ASOS ones right now for 15 quid. Like it's, they're selling the... uh, you know, you, you're not going to go and buy stuff to go out for dinner with or, uh, you know, whether it's a nice shirt, dress or whatever. Mm. It's now you want to buy matching um, joggers and a hoodie or something like that or mm. sweats from the top. You know, business up top, casual down, uh, <laughs> down below. I don't want to know. <laughs> well, on that lovely image, um, we'll, we'll uh, end this week's show. Uh, I think next week we're going uh, we're going to go back and do a, a, a classic Bramwell's uh, versus battle, I think. Yeah, I think that might be on the agenda. We'll still kind of figure out. And like, like we said before, we'll really look to, to maybe go for brands that are a bit more similar than some of the out-of-the-box ones we've done before. Yeah, maybe we'll take some suggestions as well. Mm. Lovely. Well, uh, thanks very much for listening and uh, you enjoyed that episode and we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Don't forget to follow us at Brand Wars Pod. Like and review on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And yeah, look forward to doing another one soon. Bye-bye.